This week on Sabbath School Rescue, we journey from pride to humility as we explore the Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath School Quarterly lesson for January 25 to 31. Let's learn about how God humbles a proud king. The Sabbath School Rescue podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's word. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, so Dr. Campbell, today we're studying from pride to to humility. And uh, what do you, can you share with us the memory text this week? Absolutely. It comes from Daniel chapter 4, verse 3. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, How great are his signs, and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. You know, I, I love how we, we're seeing these cyclical themes that are going along, which is, once again, just like we saw in Daniel chapter 2, as we saw in Daniel 1, we saw in Daniel 3, which is God is, once again, establishing his kingdom and showing that it's going to be the one that's going to rule forever, forever and ever. God's in control. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So uh, let's jump straight into Sunday's lesson. I'm really excited about this. Uh, it's is is not this Babylon the Great. Uh, what is Daniel chapter four talking about? Give us a, a an overview. Well, you know, basically Nebuchadnezzar here he is, uh, and he has yet another dream, and and basically what he's looking at is how great uh, is the kingdom of Babylon. He he's still kind of wrestling with this whole idea that he's not gonna uh, his and he and his progeny aren't gonna rule the world forever, and so. Uh, so this is sort of kind of a continuation of the same narrative that we've been going through all the way up to this point. And you know how the old saying goes, uh, pride comes before a fall. And uh, <laughs> here is Nebuchadnezzar um, still wrestling with the same core issue that we've been talking about from last week. You, you know, it's, it's easy to th- for us to throw stones at Nebuchadnezzar, but I think if any of us were king and given complete sovereignty and power over our kingdoms— wouldn't it be hard to to overcome pride as well? I think so. You know, I you know you tend to think of uh, there, but for the grace of God. But uh, you know, the reality is, if we're really honest with ourselves, um, talks about how power corrupts. Absolutely, you know the old saying. Ouch. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, until we're actually walking those shoes, uh, who's to say that uh, those temptations we haven't necessarily always experienced those some t- temptations, but yet. Uh, uh, yeah, this is what Nebuchadnezzar is facing. You know what? This this gave, gave me a reminder, which is just because you've seen some miraculous things that God has done, doesn't mean that you trust in him, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. we look at Daniel 1, where he saw that his, his uh, dream, uh, or Daniel 2, where his dream was interpreted. We saw that he was with the Hebrew boys and, uh, in Daniel chapter 1, and, and how they were 10 times smarter and stronger, and they gave their, mm. their the reason why, because they're trusting God. We saw in Daniel 3, he saw the Son of God in there in the midst of the fire, and yet here he is still full of pride. You know, uh, it's, it's it should be a, a, a humble and stark reminder, I think, to all of us, don't you think? Yes. Uh, do me a favor. Can you read for us Daniel 4, verse 30? Absolutely. And again, I'm reading from the New King James, and it says, The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? 
you know the 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 lesson gives us this question says what does the king say that shows him uh, that shows he still does not grasp the warning that the lord has given him well he's still full of himself isn't he yes he is <laughs> uh, i i love my dad when when he preaches sometimes he he says that oftentimes we have an eye problem right and he's like we can't see clearly because it's about me and I and what I've done and look at what my hands have done. We see this rising up with Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, I mean, just the very words themselves, I have built uh, by my mighty power and for my majesty. He's definitely got all those eyes in there, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And because of that, he can't see clearly. Hmm. That's a pastor joke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's easy, you know. You think of all the hard work that you do, and and it really, in a, it, you know, the Babylonian Empire was quite phenomenal. And you look at the other ancient empires; there's a lot of fighting and everything else. And this is truly the first world empire where Nebuchadnezzar conquered all these other peoples and brings them together into one super empire. And so, in a way, um, it is a remarkable accomplishment. He did do something quite amazing in the history of humankind yes one, one of the seven uh, ancient wonders right mm-hmm. the hanging gardens of babylon like it was beautiful uh, they mm-hmm. had so much gold everything else uh so i can see the dichotomy there and the the war within nebuchadnezzar of saying look at what i've done but mm-hmm. god is saying well watch what i'm about to do right yeah yeah <laughs> it's not all about you so it asks this personal question i think it's, it's pertinent for us to ask this what things have you accomplished in your life? Can you take pride in them without being proud? If so, how? Boy, that's a hard one. That is a very hard one. And I think that's an individualistic question, but I know that there's times where I can look back and say, man, look at what I've done. And God reminds you, uh, especially as you're reading the word and actually uh, having his presence in your life, you realize, uh, just like Jesus said in John 15, I of myself can do nothing. If Jesus said those words, how dare I take credit for the things that God has done? You know, I, I just am thinking my own experience, you know, how so much of all those good things, if I really you get down at the core of it, it's only by God's grace and it's to God's glory uh, that all of those things have happened. So, uh, yeah, you, you can look at your own life and say, hey, that's that's those are some really neat things. But when you start focusing on yourself and what you've accomplished, you forget what God has been able to done uh, to do through you. And and that's really a core issue here is who gets the credit at the end of the day. Is it you or is it God? Amen. And, and prayerfully, everyone listening, including myself and Dr. Campbell here, we remember to God be the glory. Great things he has done, right? He has done. So uh, Monday's lesson goes forward. It talks about warned uh, by the prophet. And Daniel 4.27, and I'll, I'll go ahead and read this one. Daniel 4.27 says, Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. Uh, you know, it doesn't stop there. The, the lesson always also asks us to read in correlation uh, Proverbs 14.31, which says, He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker. Uh, what what is, what comes to your mind when when we read these two verses? Well, a couple of things, but one of the the first things that comes to mind is that anybody that's powerful and great, I mean, this is not always necessarily universal, but there's a tendency that those who amass huge fortunes and wealth tend to do so at the expense of others, and so uh, someone like Nebuchadnezzar, in order to become king like that, he had to destroy a lot of other armies there are a lot of other people had to be subjugated and put down in order for him to rise up 
Yeah. And so, and this is, seems to be true in a lot of life where a lot of the things that, that we have and take for granted for, um, it comes at the expense of others. And, and just as a, you know, here in America, you know, we have all these cheap goods, cheap clothes, uh, that are very inexpensive, inexpensive foods. But, you know, having traveled in some developing parts of the world, those are made through uh, effectively slave labor where people work for pennies Ouch. on the hour uh, in abysmal kinds of labor conditions. So um, it's easy to think, oh, that's that's Nebuchadnezzar long ago. But in, if we're really honest with ourselves, there's even a lot that passively that may, maybe we are not actively in, involved in that process. But but we still benefit indirectly from it. And, uh, and that's just the reality of our lives, that uh, if we're really honest, that a lot of the benefits that we experience, if we really were honest and looked at it carefully, it's really at someone else's expense at the end of the day. Yeah, and, you know, we need to be conscious of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our own lives and as a nation, we need to be conscious of those things. You know, uh, there's a line that I've heard before, which is absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I have problems with it because... What would happen if we just didn't receive the power and we gave all glory and honor once again back to God? Yeah. I think that's the only way that we find ourselves not being corrupted by that power. Well, and this is one of the great narratives, right, of, of uh, Professor Swoops, the uh, the whole the Daniel here. Uh, you see two central characters in the narrative. You have Nebuchadnezzar, at least in this first half of the book. Uh, and he is this very accomplished and powerful person, and 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 and, and his pride and tendency to uh, these sorts of things we've been talking about. And then here, here you have Daniel, who's exposed to the same kinds of things, and yet is such a stark contrast as he is being used by yes. God, and God is using him, even in fact, to warn Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, absolutely. Which goes on to show us the 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 prototypical example that we have, which is uh, God Himself. The mm-hmm. Most High Rules in Tuesday's Lesson. Mm-hmm. And it talks about uh, uh, three examples uh, found in Second Kings, uh, Jonah 3, as well as Jeremiah 18, 7 through 8, which is we have Ahab, the Ninevite king, as well as uh, we have here Jeremiah, where he's saying, uh, God is saying, I will pull down a nation, but if they turn back, then I will relent. Uh, so the question is, what do these texts tell us about the king's chance to have averted the pu- punishment? Well, you know, all of this comes down to your view of God. Who's God? Is is he there to be some kind of arbitrary kind of thing that takes delight in punishing people and, and torturing them and destroying them? Um, and, and that's not really, from my understanding, the view of, of the God of the Bible, a God of love, a God of redemption. And yet here, um, God warns them and, and threatens punishment, not because he wants to punish them, but because... Really, it's sort of like a last resort, kind of like a wake-up call saying, if there's no other way to get your attention, you continue down this path. I I can't help but uh, to go. And and so God uses his servants, the prophets, and warns them, saying, this is what's going to happen if you don't change your ways. No, I completely agree. And will we heed the warning? And that's that's a question because, as you can see here, this lesson says, unfortunately, Nebuchadnezzar had to learn the hard way. And I think all of us have these things on our top of our heads called knots from bumping our heads too hard. <laughs> we don't have to have them, right? Yeah. We can choose uh, not to go learn the hard way, but oftentimes we still do. Yeah. Well, Swoops, you know, we're both parents. So, I mean, we're, this is one of the challenges about raising kids, right, is you want them to, to be able to learn. And you hate to see them make some of those kinds of mistakes, but as they get older – you see them, and, and uh, sometimes 
you, you just watch and you wish that you could save your kids from having to experience some of that pain, right? You know, whether very small kids and they have to touch the, the frying pan on the stove or whatever. But, <laughs> but you know, sometimes uh, learning those smaller lessons and, and sometimes you have to just learn the hard way. You, you wish it wasn't always that way, but as a parent, it's tough and you, and you see it happen. Yes, 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 yes. So why is knowing that the Most High rules so important, uh, such an important lesson for us to learn? And how should this knowledge, for instance, impact how we treat those over whom we have power? You know, I, I was thinking about this, and I realized, imagine I, I asked the question this morning in my, my Life and Teachings of Jesus class, what would happen if Jesus had the mindset and the actions that we have today? Hmm. I'll say, well, the New Testament wouldn't have gotten very far, right? <laughs> but praise the Lord, he did not. And he has now called us to have his characteristics. And when we do, we'll realize that we won't esteem ourselves higher than others, but we'll put ourselves on equal level. That we're all just sheep. And I'm sorry to say this for those of you listening, but all the sheep make dumb decisions. Yeah, you know, this This is the challenge, being sheep. Um, you'd like to think that there was a different metaphor that the Bible uses, but but yet that's the one uh, that's there. And if you've ever spent any time with sheep, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that that maybe is uh, apropos. The good news is God never, and, uh, never has and never will leave his sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. And as long as we know our, our shepherd's voice and we follow him, he will be with us. He'll give us the power to overcome some of those characteristics we don't enjoy, and he will show us a better way. I'm thankful for a God like that, aren't you? Yes, yes, which gives us, once again, a perfect segue into Wednesday les- Wednesday's lesson, which is lifting our eyes towards heaven. How and why do, thing- do things change for the king? Well, finally, after you know Nebuchadnezzar, he's gone through this whole thing, and... Um, uh, he finally comes to the end of uh, the chapter, and uh, he actually gets to the point where, uh, verse 33 of chapter 4 of Daniel, it says that um, Nebuchadnezzar was driven from men as he ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feather and his nails like bird's claws. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar is a disaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, for, to be the king of the empire, and the Babylonian empire, they must have had to keep this a secret, keep this in the royal palace and sworn to secrecy in order to just keep the empire intact yeah. during this time. I, how that all happened, it's a, it's a little bit of a mystery, but basically Nebuchadnezzar, he's just fallen apart here. Which shows, so once again, a testament of, of God working through it. I believe uh, I, had, I was talking with a friend the other day. God using Daniel probably through this time to, mm-hmm. to, to do that, right? To, yeah. to solidify the kingdom. Uh, anybody else during this time talking about humble would have said, you know what? Go ahead and kill the king and I'll take over because he's mad, right? Yeah, that's kind of what you would expect in the normal course of events. So it must have been someone like Daniel that was keeping the kingdom together for him because uh, there's no other explanation for it, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if I could correlate uh, everything how and why, I summed it all up into one word which is waving the white white flag and actually surrendering to God, yeah. which is knowing about God, seeing his miracles, they mean nothing until we actually surrender. Seems like that, I don't know, for you, uh, uh, Buster, but some, sometimes it's just the, the easiest but the most difficult thing to do. Yes, yes, absolutely. God doesn't make it complicated. No, he doesn't. Uh, but here it says that uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he lifted his eyes up towards heaven. Uh, and he realized in verse 35, all the inhabitants of the earth reputed as, uh, are as reputed as nothing. Uh, 
and then it finishes with this beautiful line. It says, now, uh, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. I recognize, God, what you've done. I recognize who you are. I surrender. Yeah, you know, this is coming back to one of the great themes of the book of Daniel that we've already been talking about over the last couple of lessons, how God is sovereign. God is in control. God's in control of the universe. He's in control of this planet. And he's actually active and involved in the affairs of humankind, uh, specifically through the lives of Nebuchadnezzar, the king, a pagan king. Yes. And and Daniel, who, um, through the midst of all of this, remains faithful to him. You, you know, it asks a very dangerous question here at the end, but it's a great question. What changes might you need to make in order to avoid having to get taught this lesson again? Uh, talking about humbling yourself, and one of the most dangerous things I did here at Southwestern with one of my best friends, Rico Flores, who is uh, now at Sandia View, uh, we prayed and asked God to humble us, and God answered that prayer, and it was very painful. <laughs> it, and I realized this, that we didn't have to ask that, uh, pray that prayer. We could have humbled ourselves before the Lord, right? Mm. But God will humble you when you ask. When you need it to. Yes. Yeah. You know, I was thinking my own experience, too, when I've asked God to humble me, too. God, God's willing to do that, but uh, ultimately he wants us just to acknowledge him and give glory to him. Yes. It's really a simple yes. thing. Yes, absolutely. We don't, we don't have to uh, be, in the, be in the wilderness and act like an animal. We can choose before that to say, God, I humble myself before you. Just that daily surrender once again to, to God. That, that's all he asks of us. All right. Speaking of humble and grateful in Thursday's lesson, it says, The king declares all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Given the context, what important point is he making? Well, I think back again, um, you know, here he starts out the beginning of this lesson. Hey, look at me, how great I am, <laughs> how grand and glorious. And finally, he's having to turn that on its head and say, you know what, um, Nobody, not even me, as the king who he thought he was all that. Um, now he realizes that all are must acknowledge God and, and humble themselves before him. Yeah, yeah. And I notice here he didn't just put Babylon, he didn't put I. He said all of Earth's inhabitants. It's everybody. Yeah, yeah. We're all called to do it. Uh, and it, it's so funny because we're talking about this today, and I just went over in our, our Life and Teachings class, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, and verse 5 says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Mm. But Jesus himself, uh, even though he was equal with God, he made himself a man. He was with us. And mm -hmm. and once again, not esteeming ourselves higher than we ought to, uh, not being wise in our own opinion, all these different things yeah. God is calling us to do. And we can make the decision to be like Christ, yeah. not in his power, but in his characteristics. Now, it's interesting that this passage is there because New Testament and early church scholars believe that this was actually a hymn that was sung in the early Christian church. Oh, I, I would love to hear that a hymn. A hymn to humility, looking at the story of Jesus and how he served us. Amen. Amen. You know, I, uh, overall, uh, Dr. Campbell, is, uh, what, what did you get out of this? What would you like to leave us with today? Well, I think the, the walkaway uh, Professor Swoops is we're just looking at how— Again, um, we need to make sure that we acknowledge God. And when we don't do that, the danger is is that we become proud and stuck up in ourselves. And God wants us to acknowledge him. He sometimes has to go to pretty traumatic means to get our attention. Yeah, pra praise the Lord for that. But 
hopefully we make the decision to, as you said earlier, daily surrender before he has to humble us. Hopefully we humble ourselves before him, right? All right. Well, I guess this is Soup and Swoops. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.